Let's shift gears, go talk about the Lions' loss yesterday at home. They look like a repeat of Seattle from a year ago. Couldn't stop the run early, couldn't tackle anybody. Geno Smith's just looking like he's going into the Hall of Fame. Receivers getting 10-yard cushions. Amazing. Not what I expected from this team. Not what we witnessed the first two years of Campbell. One in, or 0-10 and 1-1-6 and six and I, I thought they would post a W. There are things to blame that go beyond the coaching, lack of tackling. Gibbs dropping what could have been a 95-yard touchdown pass, pick six. Just a for all the energy, all the excitement for everything in that building, and I was there to have what happened, not going for the touchdown, playing for a tie, which Dan Campbell has admitted to. Doesn't fit anything with his grit, his culture. Going for it three times on fourth down doesn't make sense. That he finally would take the field goal to get to overtime and hope you you win the toss. Jeremy Reisman, Prada Detroit Lions insider, uh, standing by on the Roast Homer Coffee guest line. And Jeremy, I know we talked last week, but from what you were thinking yesterday, a little before one o'clock, to what you were thinking when the game ended, uh, how did that spectrum go? Yeah, um, I would say. You know, mildly different. I wouldn't say it was necessarily as big of a difference as, as maybe some people are suggesting. I, I thought the Ops were a much better team than what they showed in Week One, and and I think we learned time and time again that Week One is, is a liar. Um, a lot of assumptions that we make based off of the first game of the NFL season turn out not to be true at all, and, and maybe that part of that is true of the Lions. I think it's definitely true of the Seahawks. But I mean, I thought this was probably. It, this is a big test for the secondary. This is a big test for the pass defense. You have a good quarterback. You have really good receivers going up against a brand-new secondary. And uh, I think, you know, we, we saw our first sign of maybe the secondary improvements aren't exactly um, what we were hoping they would be um, here in Detroit. So, um, again, it, it's a sample size of one. I'm not going to overreact to week two like I wouldn't overreact to week one. But um, definitely a, a disappointing, uh, dis- disappointing overall performance, I would say, from the defense. You know, for Dan Campbell being aggressive uh, since the first game he coached uh, in Detroit, and you have that incredible mojo. I don't know if you were there watching on television or at a local sports bar with friends, but you could feel they were going to go win this game. That that was what I was thinking, not hoping that that energy was just at a fever pitch that nobody's ever heard before in Ford Field. And then you watch the clock management and you leave a timeout on the board and you're letting 40 seconds go. You're not even thinking about it. And you decide, and I tell people around me, oh, my God, he's settling for the field goal. And he does. And I'm trying to think, okay, well, maybe they got a stop before. They're thinking they're going to get it again. The crowd's going to be crazy if we lose the coin flip. But, you know, Seattle goes right down the field. They don't play anything aggressive. Knowing a touchdown uh, would end the game. Uh, your, your thoughts on the end, which Dan Campbell has admitted multiple times yesterday and today that he was playing for the tie. Well, I, I, would, I would argue he, he, he was playing to make sure that Seattle was not getting the ball more so than going for the tie because the way he explained it is he wanted to run as much time. He actually thinks they had enough time to continue to score a touchdown had they converted that third down uh, in third and six or whatever it was. Um, so I, I do think he was still, at least in his mind, trying to score a touchdown. But I'm with you. Like, I, you know, they get 12 yards on the first play of that drive. They get 11 on the next play. 
and then they were just kind of dinking and dunking the rest of the yes. it seemed like It seemed like the play calling certainly pulled the reins back, even though Dan said himself, like, he, he thought they were in a good spot with, with time. They had two timeouts left. They, they had plenty of time in, in his mind if they had made those conversions. And admittedly, you know, Goff missed Amon Ross St. Brown on that second and six that, that would have made it a, a, a third and short instead of a third and six. But but it does seem like something pulled back there, and I don't know if they were playing for the tie. I don't know if maybe Ben Johnson would would call a different set of plays there on, on that next set of downs. Um, but I'm with you. Like it, it did seem like there was some sort of pulling back there, even though I think Dan, in his mind, or at least what he's saying to the, the media is, I think I still could we still could have scored. We just didn't convert that third down. Yeah, so now you lose this game. Uh, you know, similar feeling I had walking out of the Seattle game a year ago, a game that ended up costing them, but you could look at other losses they uh, had and talk about it as well. Uh, now you get Atlanta comes in at 2-0. Uh, you had the opportunity, if you would have beat Seattle, to have a game up on the Packers, two games up. After two on the Vikings and the Bears, that's another part of why this loss stings even more. And now you're looking at Atlanta, another home game. You're the Lions. You can't lose this thing. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's another conference opponent. The, the Falcons that that are probably going to contend for for a playoff spot. So if you're if you're eyeing you know tiebreakers for the wild card down the road, um, this one is going to matter. Um, and so it, it's it's a big game. I, I never like to throw out the words "must win" this early in this season because you know the Lions have five divisional games after their bye week in week seven. So um, there'll be plenty of time to bounce back if, if they go through a rough stretch here. But um, in terms of keeping fans on board and in terms of keeping, you know, everyone happy and maybe in that locker room and in terms of just making sure that the SOL Lions fans don't, don't come out in droves after such a, an emotional win to, to start the season, you're like, yeah, they need to bounce back in a big way. Um, and I, I do think that Falcons provide an opportunity to do that. While they're a really, really good running team, the Lions' run defense has actually been really good through two weeks. And obviously I think that a lot of the storylines are going to be Jameer Gibbs versus uh, um, B. John Robinson. And, and for good reason, B. John's been fantastic so far, and it looks like Jameer Gibbs might get a, a bigger piece of the pie here with David Montgomery's injury. But, um, you know, I, I think – this matchup fits them a little bit better than a, a Seahawks team that just seems to have their number. Before I let you go, your thoughts on Aaron Glenn, uh, the soft coverage. Uh, didn't give Jacobs help when he was just getting, a, you know, torched, uh, abused on throw after throw. Uh, Aaron Glenn and the Lions game plan after what they went through last year, giving up 48. Uh, how do you look at that four quarters of defensive football? Yeah, it was rough. Um, I think I think the pass rush was really the, the most disappointing development of the game, and I think it kind of has to do with what this team's philosophy is with mobile quarterbacks. You know, Geno Smith isn't a guy who's going to run for a ton of yards on you, but he is a guy that'll escape the pocket, extend the play, and, and beat you deep. And it seemed like that was the Lions' primary concern. Let's not just let's not let him get out of the pocket. We don't need to rush him like crazy. We don't need to you know beat our our, our man one on one. Just close in on the pocket so that he doesn't get out and, and extend the play and beat us deep. And they didn't beat him deep, but he gladly stood in the pocket there and, and kind of picked them apart little by little there. And I, I think maybe Monday morning, Aaron Glenn was probably second-guessing himself a little bit here because the Lions didn't execute. Not only did they not 
you know, not only did that plan not work, but I don't even think the Lions executed it very well because, like you said, there's way too many open receivers underneath, way too much um, cushion given to some of those guys, and uh, the, the results are what they were. They gave up 37 points. Jeremy Reisman, Pride of Detroit, great Lions insider. Follow Pride of Detroit, Twitter, Facebook, online. Jeremy, always appreciate your huge opinions. Enjoy Monday Night Football. All right, I will. Thanks for having me.